Casey was the, she was the only per, this is the hard part to speak about. <clears throat> um, Casey was the only person uh, to show up to any graduation of mine. Not because others didn't want to, but because our, our family didn't have the means at the time. And I'll tell you, I'm done with that shit. Welcome to the Leading with Vulnerability podcast. I'm your host, Yuma Barnett. And this week on the podcast, we're going to take a look back again at uh, a previous recording, a previous live stream, and specifically uh, Master Sergeant Retired Ray Perez. Um, anytime I find my way back onto Fort Benning and specifically around the 75th Ranger Regiment footprint, somebody will always ask me where they can find Ray's comments from his retirement ceremony. And although it's been on YouTube, it can be a little bit tricky to find. And as much feedback as I get on it and many, as many people as I have asked me where they can find it, I thought I'd just turn it into its own podcast episode, uh, put it on YouTube again, where it's a little bit easier to find and then put it on the podcast platforms for those who uh, consume the leading with vulnerability content there. So uh, obviously Ray's comments there, uh, struck a chord, struck a nerve, um, resonated with a lot of people, or they wouldn't keep asking me about where to find those comments all this time later. So, uh, let's, uh, let's listen into Ray and see, and, you know, relive his retirement ceremony and some of the, his comments there. I think, I think they're very good. And, uh, to everybody else out there, uh, thanks again for the support. Um, uh, I've officially entered the world of a retired military person. I ended my terminal leave on the, on the 1st of May. And, and with that, there's going to be some changes and some updates and some new content coming out on the leading with vulnerability channel. So I'm not quite ready to announce what that is yet, but, uh, it should be fun. You either going to love it or you're going to hate it, but, uh, it, it should be entertaining in the least. And then everybody out there who's been supporting the channel through Patreon or comments and likes and shares and sending me messages. I really appreciate it. It means a lot, goes a long ways and, uh, let's just, let's just keep doing it. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's fun having these conversations it's it's great for people to tell their story and it's i know it's been great for a lot of you to listen to these stories so we'll get into to ray's comments and uh we'll check in with everybody out there uh next week with uh, the next episode of leading with vulnerability podcast i hope you guys uh enjoy ray's comments ladies and gentlemen master sergeant ray perez all right um I was just I was just talking to uh, General Keen earlier that I've never I've never been this nervous before I uh, spoke before. I think I'm partially nervous because the, what Chris was just talking about comes out pretty easy and we're recording. Uh, and then the and then uh, secondly, I just don't want to I don't want anybody to think uh, that I forgot them at this step in my life or um, uh, that I that I missed something. So it's uh, I'm gonna. I, I, my main point today is I just want to thank people uh, for what they've done because I, I, I know we're talking about uh, accomplishments that fall under my name right now, uh, but I can, I can explain to you how most of them, almost every single piece of it, uh, didn't involve me. Uh, that's always convenient. But the, uh, yeah, so we, uh, I'm going to let them fly by. 
I'm going to count that as a flyover for the retirement. The uh, that's uh, that's government money used twice. But the uh, uh, so we uh, we uh, so first off, I, I really want to I want to explain to everybody that so where I come from, the the family that I come from. Um, when I first saw hard work, it was not it was uh, it was not in in the army. Um, my exemplification of what work is uh, still falls short of men like my grandpa, my father. Uh, my dad did two two tours in Vietnam, uh, and I just remembered the other day, you know, like uh, the selfless nature of leadership. Uh, I was talking about him and kind of how um, how he was, and he was he was tough on me. Um, but it was because he was going to give me what I needed, not what I wanted. And uh, as humans, we are, we are naturally, uh, we, we go to the easy path, I think, quite a bit. I know I do. Um, and, and the true people who care about us don't give us that easy path. They hand us what it will grow us. Growth is pain. Um, and, uh, and then you, the person gives you a, a window of safety to fail quickly, learn, and, and grow and adapt. Um, I remembered a story about my dad that I don't, I, I've never revealed before, mostly because I think my mom would have killed him if she would have heard, uh, heard the story before, but the, uh, but he's, he's, he's deceased already. So it's safe to tell the story, but the, uh, uh, my, uh, so we, I remember a time when I was, I was, uh, fishing and we used to walk back in these woods that were less than legal to walk in. And the, uh, it was more, it was more like a suggestion not to go back there, but the, so we used to walk back there almost every weekend in Referio, Texas. Um, and on the way walking back one day, uh, I remember he, he was always very, uh, he, he always paid attention to a lot of things. I never understood it. Uh, now that I've been where I've been and I've seen what I've seen, I can understand it now. Um, it's a skill that is honed over years and years of, of, work in dark places, I think. Um, but I was walking and all he said, uh, he said, stop boy. And he didn't usually call me boy. He called me a lot of things, but it wasn't the, uh, it was, uh, but it, that day it was boy, which typically was as close to, to son. Like it, my dad never said like, I love you son or something like that. It sounded more like don't be, you know, a whatever. And then the, and that was love for us, which I, it was, I don't care what anyone says. It was love because he was, he was telling me to toughen up the, uh, he told me to stop. And then all of a sudden he moved quickly over my right shoulder and he threw, uh, like I, I heard like a rustle. I was carrying like a gaffing hook for alligator gar, um, and like the bait and stuff for fishing. He moved quickly. And what he grabbed was a water moccasin. I don't know if you, I don't know if y'all are familiar with what a water moccasin is, but they're, they're very mean black snakes. And so that when it's flooding out in Texas, sometimes they go up into the trees and it, and they will come down from the trees on you if you're not paying attention to what you're doing. My dad grabbed the water moccasin and threw it on the ground as it was coming down near my head. And we just kind of like, kept walking. He told me, he said, don't make a big deal out of it. Just keep walking. And he, oh, what he said was pay attention to what you're doing. And then the, uh, uh, which, which was true. That was uh, the, uh, but we got all the way to the, to when we were, we were eating afterwards. We, we used to take this potted meat with us back to the fishing spot. And we used to call this spot, we call it the grapevine. 
and um, and we were we were eating just potted meat, potted ham, and he told me he said um, he said you know I I don't want you to tell anybody, I don't want you to tell your mother that story because we'll never go fishing again, and then and then uh, secondly you know you need a it's your job to start paying attention. And he didn't, he didn't let me skate away or talk about the dangers of life and how, you know, vulnerable we are, all, all are. And, you know, I got all of that is true. But I think what he made me realize that, that day was that there's a choice. And every time danger arises, you make a choice whether or not you will face it. And you don't know how you're going to come out on the other end, period. You don't. My dad admitted, me to, admitted, me, admitted to me that day he had never grabbed a snake before. And uh, I asked him, I said, what did you think if you would have been bit? And he said, I hoped you would have been able to drag my ass out of there. And I said, the, uh, and I told him, I was like, man, you can hope in one hand, but that, that ain't gonna, I don't know about that one. And it, it was, uh, but I'm glad it wasn't tested. But I grew up around men like that. I, uh, after we lost my mom, my mom worked two to three jobs at a time at some point. She didn't sit around and cry about what the world should hand her, what was owed to us. She got up, went to work, and she did it over and over and over again. Um, and so I, when, when we stand up here and talk about my accomplishments, I have a hard time uh, believing that it has near anything to do with me. I believe that it has a lot to do with who has shaped me. After entering, after entering the military in, in 2006, I came, went, came directly to selection. A lot of people don't know I actually failed selection the first time, and it was a swim test. Um, and there was actually a Ranger Regiment guy who went, to, went with me to the pool. His name was Glacier. He went with me to the pool every single day after that uh, because he saw me in the pool training myself, well, basically drowning a little bit at a time. And then, and then the, and the, he, he came up and he said, uh, what, are, what are you swimming so hard for? And I said, I just failed rip and I want to pass. That Ranger showed up every single day almost twice a day, every day, until I went back to RIP. And he never asked me a single thing for, for any, any level of, of uh, I think he went to the RMIP eventually, something like that. I saw him around somewhere in Kabul once, I don't know. But the, uh, uh, it, was, uh, it, was an, it was just an amazing representation of what people were ready to do in this organization. You know, Casey, was the, she was the only per, this is the hard part to speak about. <clears throat> um, Casey was the only person uh, to show up to any graduation of mine. Not because others didn't want to, but because our, our family didn't have the means at the time. And I'll tell you, I'm done with that shit. In 2009, I went on, um, was I, I would call it, uh, Dan, Dan would call it a crucible moment, uh, partially because he's a genius and also because uh, it is a, a major moment. Um, I went on a, a target and the only person I have ever lost in war, the only name on that stone um, 
who is Ben Kopp, for those that I think it, most people here know, um, he was hit that day and died a few days later. And I'll tell you, I, I learned a lot about myself that day, and I learned a lot about others. I'll tell you that that day there were, there were people with us with beards and HK416s that had the swagger of gods and were the largest cowards I've ever seen. I saw a ranger private, a mortarman, move directly into gunfire. I saw a ranger machine, gun team, machine gunner crawl on his back as he engaged the enemy as they attempted to crawl on top of us in a ditch while we drugged Ben and others to safety. I watched true leaders like Kayler McPhail, David White, and Ben Carlson bring the fight to the enemy when we had no air support and stay in the fight despite the multiple casualties we had taken in the day. That day, David White made a decision to, to, to do what we called the Alamo. And a long story short, it's when you're in a very bad place and they, the enemy has a building that we want and it doesn't really matter how ready they are for you, you take it. And Dave did. Kaylor was right there. I think Kaylor was near there at that point. Um, and I was with Ben Carlson. And I'll tell you, we, we pulled Ben and I, I've never been more exhausted in my life uh, pulling Ben through that ditch. And I remember coming out of the ditch and seeing uh, one person on a rooftop, actually two. One of them was Brendan Lamport, who is a first sergeant now at 175. And the other person was Justin Allball, his, his gunner, if I remember that correctly. Right, Brendan? Where's Brendan at? Yep. The other guy was Justin Allball. As we came out of the ditch, we had, we had enemy fighters crawling in lower ditches trying to, to uh, get close enough to us, uh, they knew that, I think they knew that we had taken casualties at that point. Um, the snipers and machine guns were shooting close enough to us to get the point across. Um, and when I came out of that ditch, the only machine gun on that rooftop was Brendan Lamport. For anybody who has been in a large gunfight, fighting more people than, than mass, a massive amount of people more than what you have on the ground, you know that when you shoot from a machine gun position, you, you are the largest target on the entire battlefield. Brendan stayed on, the, on top of that roof for over, I mean, it, was a, it must have been near an hour, receiving fire and returning fire for over an hour. You know, I, I'm not here today because of myself and my skills. I'm here because of men like Brendan. I'm here because of men like Luke Stapleton, like Dan Prince, Joey Ross, Lloyd, Drew Thompson, Jesse Harris. I'm here because of men like them. You know, after, after I went on that target and after we came back, I didn't get to see you know, I didn't get to see Ben put in his place to rest. And I've, I vowed to myself that my last day in the Army, which will be set the 2nd of February, as long as Fort Benning doesn't continue to challenge me on some things, the, uh, uh, we will, uh, we'll, uh, 
hopefully the post doesn't have people. Oh yeah, whatever. We're all right. The uh, so we uh, so on that last day, my my actual goal is to, is to salute Ben as I walk away from all of this in in Arlington. Um, and I feel very fortunate to do it. But I'll tell you, after this again, I went to a very dark place in my life, a very dark place. And, and once again, I, I know that we come up here and we thank our wives for what they do, but I cannot explain to you the, the woman that Casey is, um, the mother that she has become, because it, Casey truly loved me when I didn't love myself. She loved me when I didn't, I didn't know how to take another step. She loved me when all I wanted to do was kill. I didn't, I didn't care about coming home for a long time. And I'm sorry for that, baby. But I didn't, I didn't know how to, how to beat it at the time, and I didn't know. No, you know what? It wasn't beating it. It was what needed to be done at the time that it needed to be done. And I don't, you know, th this gets me to the, to the I, I plan on thanking a lot of other people by name, but I'm, I'm just going to get to the point here. You know, when we, got, when we get to talking about thanking people for their service, don't ever, you know, I don't, don't my service. The helicopters that I've been on, the things that I have done, what it felt like to both assault through holly trees beside men of, of three Charlie, and then hold my daughter in skin to skin contact after she was born. No man, no man on earth is as lucky as we are. And every day they will wake up and they will have to look in the mirror and they will wonder who they are tomorrow. And they may not know who they are today, but as an airborne ranger, I know who I am. So this place gave me everything. To say, to, if anybody says that this organization does not love you, they do not love it. This is not a thankless organization. We are, we are fortunate enough to live in a country where you have to choose to do hard things. Think about that. How many people in how many countries wake up every day and don't even know where their meal is coming from? And we get to choose to do hard things. And quite simply, for this, entire, for this entire organization, this is just a group of people that chooses to do harder things for the same amount of pay. And what you earn is the ability to look in the mirror, to look at our grandchildren, and when they ask you where you were when ISIS, the Taliban, and Al-Qaeda decided to try and take charge, you will tell them you moved there and made sure there were one less of them tomorrow. So I, you know, I, this sob, this sobby stuff, it doesn't fit me. I'm very appreciative for what this unit has done for me and my family. And my wife and my family has carried me through things that I can barely explain. And so in the end, I'd like to, I'd like to summarize this by simply thanking everybody for both coming today and for continue, continuing to serve. And I leave you, the men, you know, and three Charlie in entirety, Sergeant LaBelle brought all of them today. And I, I'm incredibly honored by that. Incredibly honored. But I will tell you, gentlemen, that, that don't, ever, don't ever forget to be grateful for yesterday just because today is painful. Don't. 
And don't be here today because we are the only ones who can. You have to earn the scroll. And don't ever forget to dream about tomorrow and go after more. The only person that limits our abilities to move in this life is us. And when it comes time for the killing to start, commit to the slaughter, gentlemen. I am honored to serve with men like this. Baby, I can't thank you enough for what you've done for me. I'm sorry, I couldn't say everybody name by name, but this would have taken 40, I don't even know how long this took, actually. But the, uh, yeah, that's, uh, fix that for your, for your ceremony, Yuma. But the, uh, but I just want to thank everybody for coming. Um, and I truly appreciate everything that you have done for me. God bless the hunt. Thank you.